Last week I gave a talk on the aura and the way the aura manifests in relationship to the human personality. This week is a continuation of that talk and it's on thought forms and telepathy. Now to the subject of thought forms. Everyone thinks can be in the form of lotus blossoms, quite large blue ones on the whole for people's devotion. They can produce stars and arrows and all types of shapes, depending on the colorings or depending on the qualities of the mind structure, what they're thinking. Scientists and intellectual types produce a lot of thoughts that are very, very geometrical and have strong colors, many tinged with orange. Sensual thoughts, of course, brood around the person like a rain cloud. One of the things that I wish to point out in this talk is the fact that all of humanity have been creating these thought forms. All of humanity have been creating images of all the time, of all types, all of the time, throughout the ages, throughout the millennia. When you get a massed religion, for instance, Hinduism with their concepts of Shiva or Krishna or Christianity with their concepts of Christ or God in the fundamentalist religions or the Buddha images that you see so beautifully painted by Tibetan artists and the Tankas. These things are created by human beings and when human beings in a mass organized religion, for instance, creates them in mass, then you have floating in the astral realms, in the stratas, the lower stratas of the realms of the mind, these types of images, complete with all the energy that people put into them, that the devotional have put into them. And these thoughts have power. They have real power. And they influence people's lives. When a person is inspirational or inspired or if they're writing religious poetry or art or something of that nature, they send a thought into that strata. And immediately to that particular thought comes a flood of like thoughts engendered by beings who have created similar images. The person gets their religious experience, the image of deity, or a creative artist doing the same in terms of their form of artwork. Very often artists uh, don't think much about what they're going to paint. They just become very expressionistic and paint away and all these colors and images come and they paint as these images come into their minds because they've emptied of their minds of thoughts except for the seed thought. And these images that come, of course, are the thought forms engendered by other artists, by other creative thinkers. They are attracted to you. Like attracts like. So you can see, therefore, when you really look at the situation, that this whole earth is surrounded by a dense cloud of thought forms, of images. When seen from the very, very highest of the stratus, it is a very thick, muddy cloud indeed. What in the Bible is called the outer darkness, where there is much gnashing of teeth. 
every religion has created their hells. And those that believe in that particular religion go to those hells because that is what they believe in. That is what they created in their minds. The Buddhists have their images of, of pritas with little mouths and huge stomachs. That uh, those with certain types of desires become when they die and they're always looking for water to drink and what they get instead is burning ashes or coal and always, always, always looking for these types of energies that soothes their thirst and nowhere can they find it. All of you have heard the images of hell from the Christian religion. There's not a religion that does not speak of such things. Because it is the reality, because we have created it through our gross desires, through our attachments to things. This is the truism of the Buddhist Four Noble Truths. Everything is transient. And if you try to hang on to that which is transient through your attachments, eventually you shall suffer. Because it changes, it dies, it cannot be hung on to. It does not matter what it is, sex, good food, this bodily life, even these images of deity, they all change, all adapts itself to new conditionings. So when you die and you are addicted to a certain type of energy qualification that we call desire, it can be smoking, for instance. Just think of it. Your body is gone and you still are heavily addicted to the desire for nicotine or for other types of drugs. And there's no way of satiating that. No way whatsoever. The body no longer exists for you. But your desire body, now that is supreme. That is what you're residing in completely. So, you have an intensified desire body, no turning down of that desire, and everywhere is that craving. Because you feel, you see through the entire body, this astral form that you have when you leave your body. And that becomes the health state for you, into that strata. And immediately to that particular foot comes a flood of like thoughts engendered by beings who have created similar images. The person gets their religious experience, their image of deity, or a creative artist doing the same in terms of their form of art. There's no such thing as time on these realms anyway, because time relates to your material lives, the threefold world of human existence, cycles of events. Consciousness is really all there is, and different modifications of consciousness as you adapt and change to this or that. Therefore, learn to improve your consciousnesses. Learn to cleanse these strong desires for things. This is where the religions, on the whole, agree, become desireless for things of this material world, for things of the senses. And in that way, you can find God, you can find divinity, you can get to nirvana. Attach not yourself to these things of form. 
It is terrible when you go clairvoyantly into a, a pub, a place where people drink alcohol, or even down the streets, if you're sensitized to thought forms and these types of energies. Because on the whole, these thoughts, the clouds that people walk around, carry around with them as they walk, their depressions and their selfishnesses and their fears and their inhibitions and their sensuality attacks you. You absorb some of that into your system and gives you like sensations, like fears, if you are in any way susceptible to those types of energies, those types of qualities yourself. It is best if you have strong thoughts to keep them to yourselves, to build an aura of protection around you, to not project them to other beings. In this concept of projection or creation and projection of thoughts is the key to all forms of magic, black or white, the evil forms or the forms of love, in emanation. All mantras are but thought forms sent out for purpose, depending on the ignorance or the far-sightedness of the one emanating those mantras. This whole earth system, the solar system, the system of stars of which the sun is one, the galaxy and interrelated galaxies and becoming a universe and the many universes are all but thought forms created by great enlightened beings that we call God or gods, depending on the level of interpretation you want to look at it. Everything in existence is created by minds of thinkers, highly enlightened thinkers, supernal thinkers, thinkers that evolved from past cycles of solar systems long before we present human beings were even conceived of. They become deity, gods. Everything obeys the same rules, the same laws of thought creation. The initial ingathering of energies, the painting of the picture of what is to be created, and then the outward breathing of that picture, and attracts then it to itself substance of various categories until it becomes concrete, such as what we can touch and feel around us. And then eventually the thinker must bring that thought structure back into the solution, back into from whence it came. And that is the process of evolution. The way evolution proceeds from beginning to ending when it case comes in the case of God, then of course we are part of the thought structure and our evolution is part of his mind unfolding the purpose of that form until we ourselves become gods likewise and that being can move up and onwards on the ladder of being. There's no end to that. We all travel together. So what you are learning as you are becoming creative, as you uh, think things out, is to become gods. Each one, in their own tiny scale, is a miniature god. Each one creating around themselves part of the picture of the entire thought form 
structure of humanity. And each of us together sail onwards in time and space on this magic carpet that we build. Interrelated thoughts of different images, which is our karma. After all, all that we can take with us when we die, apart from our emotions, is really the memory of what we have attained in the past. Those images is the reality. You're always projecting those images to make the future. You could not even walk if you did not learn how to project images when you were a child, taking your first steps, one step after the other. You fell down maybe a few times learning how to do this. Now you walk automatically. The thought form structure is inbuilt in your consciousness. It's subliminal. Likewise with everything else you do. You have learnt it through creating the images of what to do next. You cannot even pick up a glass of water without thinking of the glass, without thinking of the water. And then you pick it up. A potter thinks of the pot before he or she builds it. Each of you are gods in the making as a consequence. And as you learn to build these little pictures in relationship to your little lives, and you become more and more enlightened as you can build bigger pictures relating to the creative whole, so eventually you transcend the human form altogether, and you build cosmic pictures out in cosmic space, and the whole earth system becomes your body of manifestation, your creation. Therefore, you learn what to do and what not to do in relationship to the creations that you create around you. Your sensual thoughts, your habit-forming thoughts, the annihilation of those as you transcend them into higher states of being. This is what it's all about. You are gods to the cells in your body and you can do as you wish with them. And you're gods to those around you, to the plant kingdom, to the mineral kingdom, to all lesser kingdoms of nature. Cumulatively, of course, we human beings have made a real mess of this planet, Mother Earth, with our thought forms and materialising our thought forms for human greed and selfishness and all those things. When people produce murky thoughts, then understand also that sound and form, sound and colour are interrelated. Your thoughts are bit but music on the inner realms and are seen thus or heard thus by other beings. You create murky forms, you create clashing catastrophic sounds, noise, not music, and this is destructive. You create sensual thoughts, thoughts of desire, desire for yourself and what you need all the time. And this produces all these murky colorings, the blacks and the browns and the grey-greens that pervades our entire thought structure of this earth. Eventually this becomes a thick black mass, huge, thick clouds of unloving concern. Darkness all around us is what humanity has created. And that's what we who are enlightened beings can see as we look down upon it. How to pierce the veil is the problem. So beings are sent to try to get human beings to create very, very bright, brilliant 
flashes of light. They can pierce that veil. Each one can become a luminary. Each one can become a radiant sun. And a sun can travel far in the areas of night, in this realm of darkness. One bright thought can counter and cleanse many, many, many negative ones. Light is far greater and far more powerful than the darkness. Therefore, all of you here, I know, have learned how to create positive affirmations, positive thoughts, thoughts of saving the planet, thoughts of helping nature, thoughts of being loving to each other. All of you know depressing thoughts and fearful thoughts and those types of emanations that surround you cause you to do harm to yourself and to others. Thoughts of things. These things are real. These are your karma, and this is your true karma. Most people think to think, seem to think of karma only on terms of the physical plane, and it's not so. Karma is mental, karma is emotional, and karma is also your physical actions. But your greatest karma is that which you create with your minds. It takes far longer to cleanse. Killing somebody, murdering someone, well, that just affects the physical body. But your thought life, that can go on and on and on for eternities. A long time to cleanse. This is what all the great religions and religious teachers are really talking about. Raja Yoga, the kingly yoga is the yoga of the mind. How to cleanse those thoughts. How to make it so that you do not produce evil karma. How to make it so that you can enter into the highest stratas of being, become fully liberated, like Christ the Buddha walking amongst human beings. Understand if you have these clouds of selfish and sensual thoughts around you, how can you possibly heal? Somebody comes up to you sick and diseased with similar sort of energies around them. What can you give them? You project upon them your desire body. You project upon them your thought structure. And they absorb these because they are sick, devitalized. So you give them a few herbs and a bit of acupuncture and a lot of emotionality. But you feed them on the inner realms this stuff, this muddy, murky energy. So if you want to be healers, heal yourselves first of these thought structures become radiant in your auras produce diamond lights flashing all around you make it radiatory indeed so if we go to the whole world's fantasies and we go back and back and back in time then we see such things as astrology the form of astrology that all of you know and some of you believe in being created the mind structures of human beings back in Babylonian times six, seven thousand BC and these images were built into the stratas of this earth and as you come into incarnation from the higher realms as souls you build into your auras this energy and thus it conditions you 
as personalities, astrologically, according to the timing and placing of your birth. That is one way to look at thought forms, things that you've created in the past, your energies, your emotions, your fears, that you created from past lives. They have never gone away unless you spend a life or two lives or three lives or a dozen lives cleansing them. They follow you like a tail behind a dog and condition you accordingly. In the Sanskrit terminology, we call these sanskaras, bundles of aggregates of these emotional, mental energies that push you on in your life and make you manifest in certain ways that you find it very difficult to overcome. Strong desires that surround you, strong fears, strong inhibitions, strong tendencies to this or that. And each life gives you opportunity to master these things. Likewise for humanity as a whole. Each new religion that is created creates their own thought forms. We no longer live in the thought form structure of ancient Egypt. We no longer worship Hathor and Seth, Osiris and Isis. And the type of magic associated with these great deities as they were in those days real things, real energies, real potencies. There are, of course, some of us that still have a love for Egypt or a love for some of the ancient civilizations or all the American Indians. But each great religion, once it is founded and may last for centuries, eventually the thought forms that was created, their heaven and hell and their entire belief systems must be destroyed by the progenitors of the fort, by those that were the great sages and saints and the worshipful ones in those religions. Only thus can we move on. Likewise with the world's sensual beliefs and so forth. Thus everyone that worships their Krishna or their Christ, they receive real energies, real images, of that which was created by themselves and others, many millions, through the centuries. And this descends upon them. I see the same happening today, many, many times in many of these New Age ideas and idealisms that come up. Thought forms created by emotional people, thinking emotional thoughts, thinking this and that is divinity in relationship to their emotional thinking. And they're creating a belief system which later on they must destroy. It's not really based in reality on the whole, though in everything there are seeds of truth. So some of you may say, how is it that one can control thoughts. And I say in the whole, work at controlling your emotions. Work at producing pure loving emotions. Telepathy is simply the conscious projection of thoughts upon an errand that 
which is consciously sent by some being to produce an effect. I use the word conscious here if it is done with vision with the third eye opened. Most of you are telepathic unconsciously. You create your thoughts and either they hover around your thought atmosphere until they die for lack of activation or you send them on their errand. You can send very strong sensual thoughts or sexual thoughts at another person who you desire very strongly and that person will receive them into their auras and automatically either be rebuffed by them or take them gratuitously because they also desire you in one way or the other. There are many magicians, many sadhus, many yogins that know how to send these thoughts very strongly at individuals that they wish to manipulate or control one way or the other. And nearly all are weak in this area. They have no real understanding of how they can be manipulated. Somebody with psychic power, if they're using kundalini, um, shakti and all the rest of the mantras mixed with drugs, they can very easily project these types of thoughts, these types of controlling influence upon their target people. And many are deluded that way. It is best if you find yourself receiving strong energies from some person to avoid that person, to counter that types of energies and sensations with a positive energy and send it through that person. Much lighted radiation. We need more light bearers. These black magicians of their various orders and gradings create much evil karma for themselves. This is the surest way to hell. Because everything they project upon others, they must experience and suffer when they leave their bodies. They cannot escape this. It is a law. Be careful, therefore, that you do not create such fort structures and you do not send them at other people, manipulating that person one way or other to do your bidding. Most of you here are New Ages, if not all of you, and most of you here are interested in psychic phenomena, psychic power one way or the other. And the awakening of the chakras gives you much strength, much power in these areas because you start to awaken energies. You can call it kundalini, you can call it receptivity to light. But the energies can flood through you. And when the energies flood through you, your thoughts must be guarded well. Otherwise you attract to you entities, very evil indeed, nasty entities, black magicians. They're always looking for beings such as you to vampirize, to stimulate, to dominate psychically because you are awakening the ability for them to utilize you for their purposes. Therefore you must become and learn to become more self-reliant, produce a radiant aura, not the murk that many people do. I speak of this matter because of there's many, many that 
development and interest in psychic phenomena without understanding of thought forms, without understanding of what happens, without any understanding of karma. Many pose as spiritual teachers, totally ignorant of the law of karma, and create terrible consequences for themselves. Keep your thoughts to yourself, unless they're very loving thoughts, in which case send them out. Send them out to the universe. Send them out to heal the planet. Make a mantra of healing energy around you. Be positive and dynamic in your love. But do not send selfish thoughts, sensual thoughts, separative thoughts, materialistic thoughts, desirous thoughts at other people or at other things. Because surely you will affect them and you will create for yourself the reciprocal of what you do and what they do with those energies. And very few of you yet are clairvoyant enough to see the types of entities you attract to you. The more you work in this domain, the more malicious are the entities. And eventually you have to meet a person like Jesus was 2,000 years ago to cast out of you all those evil spirits like he did and send them into the herd of swine which jumped over the cliff face. Over and over again, his entire life was just simply this, cleansing people of their psychic misdeeds, healing them of these types of sicknesses. Many enlightened beings do this continuously. It's the only way, anyway, for any individual to tread the way of light, to become an enlightened being by first cleansing themselves of this type of thought form making structure and these energies around them. It's a non-stop process. Not through drugs, not through a lot of mantras, not through a lot of wishful thinking can you become an enlightened being. Only through developing psychic purity, clean thoughts, loving thoughts. And only that way do your chakras awaken safely. You attract therefore to yourself great beings, enlightened beings from the inner strata, the great enlightened beings from past cycles. They will come to help you. They will send you telepathic instructions and automatically you become telepathic. It is your own higher self sending you images, sending you strong thoughts and these great beings because you are receptive to great energies and you are making yourself a creative visionary. You can then write the books and paint the pictures and play the music. That will inspire many, many beings. And this is my wish for all of you. To be inspired thus and to inspire many to heal the planet. This is a subject which nearly all of the sacred books, especially the books of yoga, whether you're reading a Bible or whether you're reading a Buddhist book or whether you're reading the proper Hindu texts all speak of, often in veiled terms because this is tinged with this art of magic, black and white magic and all the shades of grey, which are just versions of black magic. As Jesus said, either you're with me or you're against me. 
There's only one light, and that is white light, or bright light, brilliant light. Anything that is dull in emanation, whether it's grey and all the shades of grey or black, is of the left-hand path, as we call it, is evil in its nature. And there's much muddied thinking in this area amongst many beings. Generally, the thoughts are created through the solar plexus center, the center here in the stomach, in conjunction with the throat. That is the way most human beings think. We are looking for the ability for each of you to think of your hearts, to generate truly loving thoughts, which are not based on the emotions, and not immediate mental emotion concretions. And we want you to be able to send thoughts out a long distance and not to have them hover around you like a rain cloud. They don't do much good if they just simply hang around you. When you develop clairvoyant vision, you'll see this continuously, especially in those with dull consciousnesses. Therefore, brighten up your minds, enlighten your lives, give to each other your radiatory energy, become healers. Attract to yourselves not these entities from the lower stratas of the inner realms. They do you no good. They possess you and obsess you. So, we have huge thought forms, enormous, gigantic thought forms created by humanity. When you actually look into the science of thought forms, you'll see there's entire national thought forms. You think some of you are French and some of you are English and some of you are Israeli and I am a bit of a mixture, but I come from Australia originally. And um, so we have these national thought forms, football teams, you know, rah, 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 all sort of busy kicking a pigskin skin around and having fun and they sort of have so much energy put into this and so much money and time. These are thought forms created that's why an entire large grouping of people and that thought form can be whipped up by mob orators such as Hitler or some of your politicians to make people think and act in a certain way. All they do is collectively utilize or influence the thought forms of that nation. And so they go to war and many young people die because of these thought forms created by unscrupulous individuals thinking that a bit of territory is worth more than human lives. 